uh, what's up with that, bro? It's the podcast where we're watching the TV show Lost in reverse order from the last episode to the first episode. Or as we like to say here, we have to go backwards with one of our hosts, Chad Wago. He's never seen Lost before. That is correct, David K. Jones. Uh, watching Lost is a thing that I only do for this podcast. And I like to do it sitting next to one of our other hosts, AJ Nieves. Welcome, everybody. Yes, thank you for that nice introduction, Chad. Um, we are considering Lost. This week, we are jumping into Season 2, Episode 17, entitled Lockdown. Um, our general synopsis of the episode, when the hatch suddenly takes on life of its own, Locke is trapped alone in the bunker and is forced to enlist the help of an unlikely ally, the captive Henry Gale. Jack faces off against Sawyer in a series of card games for supplies. Also, Anna Lucia, Saeed, and Charlie find out the truth about Henry Gale in the jungle. So this is our, this is the 42nd episode of Lost in its entirety, the 17th of the second season. This episode was directed by Stephen Williams and written by Carlton Cuse and Damon Lindelof. Yeah. So. yeah, I think it's interesting in that synopsis they wrote, they put card games instead of poker. Like, that's <laughs> a spoiler. <laughs> yeah. Like, we don't want to tell you what kind of card games. Yeah. They weren't playing goldfish. <laughs> also, they were only playing one card game. Yeah. They played multiple hands, but it's not like uh, they were just like, oh, yeah, no, we're going to progress from Hold'em to Stud to Draw. It's oh. just like, no, they're just playing poker. <laughs> <laughs> they were just, were they, were they switching between types of poker in this one? No, it looked like they were playing uh, Hold'em the whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This... This episode originally aired in March, March 29th of 06. And like around that time, that's like when Hold'em, Texas Hold'em was like huge. Yeah. I don't know if that was like huge across the I nation. I think so, yeah. Because yeah. I remember at the time, like everybody was getting into Hold'em. And I was like super into Texas Hold'em. <laughs> I was like, it, yeah, it was, it was poker. Um, I remember playing a lot when we were kids with some buddies. And like, um, I remember my father-in-law at the time, because... Uh, like, we were all, like, good church people or whatever. Right. You know, whatever that means, quote-unquote. But then, like, um, uh, and I guess there was a stance against gambling, which we weren't doing. It was just Texas Hold'em. But I remember um, my father-in-law saying, like, watching you guys play Texas Hold'em was like watching people pretending to smoke. Because <laughs> we were just, we were, like, super religious, but we would play for, like, not even money. It was like we would get together and like make church prizes. Like, so you win these headphones yeah. at the end. I was like, oh, this is fun and, and fine. But, um, <laughs> but yeah. But yeah, you're right. Around that time, uh, poker was definitely really big. There's a movie called Lucky You with Eric Bana and uh, Drew Barrymore about uh, Eric Bana is a poker player. Huh. And. Uh, the reason why I always think about that movie when I think about poker, instead of thinking of a good movie like Rounders, <laughs> <laughs> is I was actually in Vegas when they were filming that movie. Oh, oh shit. Uh, I was wandering around Binion's Casino uh, while they were filming, so I'm not in the background of any scene as no. far as I know of, <laughs> but I know I was there during the filming because uh, they would have like regular poker tournaments like three or four times a day at Binion's at that point. Uh-huh. And then when they were filming the poker scenes, they would like wall off the main part where people would play. And then uh, we would end up stuck in like a little side area or upstairs or something. <laughs> that's that's fantastic. Wait, did they like block it off so you were like trapped in part of the casino floor? <laughs> no, they would block it off so that no one could access the, uh, the main poker area uh, where they were filming. Interesting. Yeah. That's great. So we're like, so efficient. Oh. Efficiently, officially, we're on Chad Watch for this movie. What is it called again? Lucky You. I never heard of it, but yeah, <laughs> I want to um, see the back of Chad. It's yeah. not really good. <laughs> uh, so, if any of our listeners catch Chad maybe wandering in the background, he has not been paid for his uh, his background work. So let's let's reach out to Paramount, whoever <laughs> filmed that. Whatever film company made this yeah. responsible. I think for it that. might be Paramount actually. Uh-uh. Oh shit! That was like a shot in the dark. <laughs> Uh, Wikipedia says that it is uh, Warner Brothers. You won this one again, Paramount. (laughs) Did Warner Brothers end up buying Paramount at some point? Or the other way around? No, I think Warner Brothers is still around. I have no idea whether or not Paramount is owned by anybody. (laughs) Doing a lot of research on this episode. (laughs) (laughs) We're making it happen, everybody. Um, let's jump right in. We get a lock story this yeah. episode, um, season two. Again, I'm I'm in love with it. 
like season two is is working for me i mean this episode in particular is working for me how are you guys feeling about this one so far good i, I like uh, this one was pretty good uh we've had a run of exceptionally good episodes uh, yeah. so this one uh it's not as good but it's still good yeah, yeah. It is, it's weird because, like, we have this Locke story with his dad and, and pretending he's dead and getting him the money and all this stuff. And, like, it kind of ends where there's some closure there with Locke and his dad. You think, okay, that's this will be the last time. It's, it feels like, oh, this is the end of their relationship, right? But then we know there's at least one more time they meet later on when he gets kicked out the window. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but like we even know going into this episode, seeing Locke walk around, we know, oh, he hasn't been wheelchair-bound yet, so... His dad's not dead, even though that's the, the opening scene. Yeah, and we also get um, we also get Locke's love interest in this one, Helen, um, played by the wonderful Katie Seagal. Yeah. Katie Seagal. I'm so happy. I'm so happy you had that on <laughs> on, on deck. But yeah, um, and we don't ever see her again until season six. I don't think like she doesn't pop up after this. This is like season two, and she doesn't make an appearance until like the sideways reality stuff. I think. Well, that's because this is the episode where she leaves his ass. Yeah. She leaves his ass, which is kind of heartbreaking if we if we think about the episodes that we've already seen with her in it, because those are all just. Is it? I guess it's it's a it's a matrix constructed by Locke in the sideways <laughs> reality. I don't know. It's it's odd. Like this is the woman that he wanted to marry, doesn't get that chance, fucks up royally, but still has her on his on his mind or on his essence his spirit yeah. soul in the sideways whatever she was his, his soulmate I mean, he, he fucked it up in real life so they were able to fix it in the sideways reality is that really her is she in that church at the end <laughs> is this another david scenario we get well Which, she's a real person i think that was her i, I, I want to believe that i don't know how this works <laughs> but yeah katie seagal burning on all cylinders for this episode too it's great the one thing I didn't like was those two fucking jamokes they threw in. Like <laughs> these, these dudes, which are supposed to be the heavies. We've already seen heavies on the show. Guys that kill it. Martin Kimi yeah. being the guy that sticks out of my mind. That's a dangerous looking dude. Um, but you get like these two dudes. You have a guy in they there. They just look like scumbags, yeah. right? Like with the with the, the wet curly ponytail <laughs> guy. And the other dude looks like he could be like one of our cousins on the island or something. Uh, but yeah, that that was like that was somebody's. Oh, like, big break. Yeah. Like, somebody was just like, I'm playing the heavy. Do you have any speaking lines? I dump a bag out on the table, <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're very stereotypical-looking, like, scumbag gangster yeah. guys. Those are just goons. Mm-hmm. Straight-up goons. That made me think, I think the first time I watched it, and even now, kind of, like, were they maybe working with Locke's dad to try to just take the money from Locke before before he could take his cut? But then, he, I guess, Locke's dad gives him the cut afterwards, so... See, yeah, they weren't working together. That's an odd thing, too, yeah. because his dad says that he's gotten this out of a retirement scam, right? A retirement hustle or whatever. Con. Um, yeah, a retirement con. Yeah. But, like, those guys do not look like they represent the retirement community <laughs> in any way. That's somebody's <laughs> nephew or some somebody's trying to get somebody's money back. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> those guys were running the con with him, mm. and then he stole the money from them. Oh shit! Yeah. Okay, okay, that makes, that makes way sense. more sense. <laughs> also, I think for when he said retirement con, I think he meant this is the con that was like going to be his big payout for retirement. Oh, okay. As opposed to conning retired oh, people. This I don't is know why, why my last job. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why my brain was like, what retirement community has seven hundred k to just fork over, or like somehow you get finagle out of? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know people scam the retired people all the time. Yeah. Yeah, old people are easier to trick. Yeah. And we got this coming from a fellow, oh, he's not an octogenary, he's not like in his 80s or anything, but an older person scamming old people, and Anthony Cooper. Yeah, it's how, that's how you establish that rapport and trust. And you're, I'm old too, I wouldn't, I wouldn't scam you. Look at this face. Like, I have to wake up three times a night to pee. I'm not stealing from anybody. <laughs> it, I, I, I really do like what we get in the uh, flashback story with, uh, with Locke. Um, it, it does have an awkward opening line where he's just all like, oh, you just sit there and read your obituaries. Because <laughs> like, yeah. that's our lead into what happens later. But then that's... I, I do like that uh, Katie Seagal actually had a reason why she likes reading obituaries. Because yeah. she said it's the only part of the paper where people are nice. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you only say good things about people in their obituaries. Yeah. yeah. 
Alright, that's perfect. So, if you guys had to have an obituary written about you today, what would just be the highlights? It doesn't have to be an ex you know, full-on drawn-out thing. I don't know if that's gauche, if we could write our own obituary. Right, yeah, well, I that, think you should. That, that's one of those uh, exercises that you're supposed to do in your life. You, you write your own, uh, not, not your obituary, but your... Um, oh, like your... Uh, what, what's uh, the speech at the funeral? Uh, eulogy? Yeah. Yeah, you write, uh, you write your own eulogy, and whatever you write your eulogy to be about, that's how you try to live your life. Mm. You live up to that eulogy. Interesting. Uh, yeah, I've heard of this exercise. have not applied it in my own life. <laughs> have you ever done it, Chad? Uh, well, the first time that uh, I was told that I should try and do it, uh, my answer was, Chad was a, oh shit, he's moving. Is he alive? Because <laughs> that's what I would like to hear at my funeral. <laughs> it's, it's just going to be a recording of that Lost episode where like that girl comes back to life. And like, no. the yeah. dog's just, <laughs> it's just going to be a transcript of that on your obituary. Like, what is this? <laughs> uh, I mean. Are you trying to live up to that? Yeah, yeah. I'm definitely <laughs> trying not to die. Uh, it's just a, you at a ninety-year-old, a ninety-year-old Chad Wago. It's just like this guy is not going anywhere. He's here for the long haul. Not dead yet. Yeah, he just keeps <laughs> taking longer and longer naps. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, oh, that's great. Yeah. Why? Why? What would you want in uh, your obituary? What would I want? Uh, probably the highlights would just be um, this guy. Really, <laughs> this guy. <laughs> this guy right here. He really enjoyed. I don't know, a good steak. What, what, that, just says, that says nothing about me. It <laughs> says nothing about me over the life that I've created. Beloved son, husband, enjoyed steak. <laughs> <laughs> enjoyed a nice well steak. Uh, well steak? I, 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 I'm occasionally fine with the rare steak. I know that's the, the preferred chef take on steak. I'm, I, I don't know, I like my meat burnt. <laughs> I just come from a world of barbecue where it's just, it's charred or it's, it's raw or it's charred and it's raw. Oh, God, that sounds yeah. awful. That does sound gross. <laughs> Chart on the outside, raw on the inside. Yeah. <laughs> I think I've been barbecuing wrong all this time. <laughs> I like it when they stick like hot coals inside the steak so it cooks from the inside out. That's so it's thing. nice and raw on the outside and melts <laughs> on the inside. I don't, I don't think that's a thing. <laughs> I'm gullible as hell. I would go with that. I'm like, can we put more coals in between the steaks? Can we just like stack the steaks on the coal? Yeah, that would work. Oh, man. Um, I, I just don't know that uh, I want my obituary to definitely lead with uh, host of uh, hit podcast. <laughs> What's up with that, bro? Nice. That That's cool and all, but <laughs> are, are you a well-done steak man, too? <laughs> like, we got to ask the important yeah. questions. <laughs> uh, no, I'm a medium steak man, usually. Okay. I see. How, we haven't asked you. How do you take your steak? I'll go medium, medium rare. rare. Yeah, yeah, if I'm trying to impress people. <laughs> uh, I, I usually go medium rare. I actually prefer when I'm cooking my own to get it pretty rare. Yeah. But I'm like, I'm not going to ask a restaurant to make it like very rare because I'm just like, I don't trust you people. <laughs> <laughs> they just sear it on both sides. Like, enjoy your steaks there. Yeah, it's just like, yeah, no, um, we'll go with medium rare. <laughs> <laughs> the, the flashback story... Um, we get a lot of we get a lot of stuff between you know what's going on with Locke and Helen. Um, we also get that that occurring that reoccurring thing that comes in where the idea of a choice gets posed to Locke, where they pull up to the funeral uh, for Anthony Cooper, and they're there. But um, I think at that moment Helen offers him like, oh, you know, do you want to go and you know go to the funeral? We could just skip it and go do our picnic thing, which is. Which is, an, which is a choice that, that Locke has. I mean, could have been maybe better for it, but, um, but chooses closure with his father, which isn't a bad thing to want. It's a, you know, it's just, this is what he's got. Uh, this is what he's got left and to try and put this behind. And, you know, Godfather style, he just gets roped back into yeah. this thing with his dad. So I guess she sees that obituary the day of the funeral? Seems that is way. That, that's not normally when they publish them, right? <laughs> no, no, it's usually published in advance yeah. so that people know when to go. But maybe the obituary was just like, oh, it's a family-only thing. Yeah, yeah. So they're not actually publishing the date or anything oh, okay. of the funeral. 
That and, and or we're learning that like uh, Helen reads old obituaries. <laughs> yeah, she's she's behind a few days. <laughs> she just goes like that was just the first paper on top of the pile. Yeah, yeah. she's like, well, I can't I can't just skip to today's obituaries. Yeah, she saves them for the weekend. And <laughs> she doesn't read them. the obituaries backwards. <laughs> that would be ridiculous. Uh-huh. But I think that would explain why there was no one else at the funeral except the two scumbags. Yeah, yeah. Two oh. scumbags have just been staying at the. Uh, the graveyard, yeah. just like waiting. Yeah. It's like we know they're going to bury him eventually. <laughs> yeah, the the two of them were standing awkwardly to the side, uh, kind of pretending to stare at another gl- grave that was that was there in the scene, and just like, no, it's just it's just the two of us, two well kept dudes that you know that are uh, that are dressed in suits. Yeah, those are those are that's some traditional goon shit. That suit with the ponytail. Yeah. Yeah. The little mustache. <laughs> the, yeah, that goatee thing. Yeah. Oh. But Anthony Cooper Locke's dad is there too, and he's he's watching his own funeral. Yeah. Which. In his bends. Yeah. Yeah. And he we know that he went by the name Sawyer at one point, and that's where Sawyer which letter thing that happens that we see when Sawyer kills him. Um, do you guys remember if it was Tom Sawyer or Huckleberry Finn that faked their own death and went to their own funeral? Do you remember that? I do not remember this. I believe it was Tom Sawyer. Okay. Yeah, I think. No, wait. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't remember. But yeah, yeah, that that fits into literary stuff. Yeah. Unfortunately, the only thing I remember about Tom Sawyer is do 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 do. That's great. Yeah that that was a that was an interesting scene. It it I. It felt like that scene worked enough for me to watch uh, to watch Locke at his father's funeral. He he kind of comes to a catharsis at the funeral for like a short bit, yeah. where he like he actually says the words "I forgive you" over his father's grave. This should be like a milestone for yeah. for Locke, something for him to move past on. Now he has this this uh, he has something to look forward to with his uh, with this love interest that he has in Helen. But yeah, um, but yeah, that's a that's a big thing. Um, but, yeah, of course, you know, this show has got a bunch of fraught parent-child relationships. We see it in most of the episodes. And, and um, yeah, Locke goes the forgiveness route for a little bit. And then we know that it doesn't pan out because he ends up losing his legs later. Yeah. Because of his dad. And, and his kidneys, according to what we hear tonight. Yeah. Kidney. I don't think he took both of them. <laughs> no, I think he still need one to live. <laughs> but, I mean, you have to live the life of a lock, which isn't, isn't much of a life. Although it was pretty good right up until his dad died. Yeah. Were they drinking water? Back in. Like in that huh? scene where he meets up with his dad, Anthony Cooper, uh, were they drinking water in that scene? It looks like they were just, it looks like clear liquid that, oh. they're, that he was I would hope in. so if they both only have one kidney yeah. they don't drink alcohol anymore. Yeah, somebody somebody on the continuity team was all like, <laughs> make that liquid not brown. No, I think that Locke was actually drinking, drinking, because uh, he grimaced in a way that you don't, do when you're drinking water yeah. unless you have very sensitive teeth yeah like cold water on a on a cavity is no good yeah i don't know if we can talk about the on uh, on island story we'll guess we'll flip back and forth yeah. we got henry gale uh being held captive in the armory um and we get this strange countdown happening and some weird uh stuff coming over the the speaker system it's a female voice that's kind of intimating that there's going to be a shutdown or a lockdown um you know our our, our, title our episode or, title yeah. yeah and it was a lock episode which i'm sure <laughs> yeah and, and he did fall down yeah he did fall down he was down at the end of this episode on bended knee does yeah. not work out for him and he also ends on, on a downer mm-hmm. it's a lot of locks down in this episode <laughs> yeah like on island we we get we get that that uh, we get this unlikely thing happening um, between uh, Locke and and the uh, the aforementioned Henry Gale, where he has to trust him, or feels like he has to trust him, or chooses to trust him while they're locked up, um, and then some other stuff. Is Henry the one that's that's caused the lockdown? I, I mean, I don't know how he could from inside. No, because I think. What they what they decided on in the next episode, and what, what I what I believe is that the lockdown happens when they do the airdrop of the food supplies, so that you oh, can't, so that you can't see yeah. where it's coming from. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, Which begs the question: Where's the food coming from? Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, we actually had Donut on the podcast our last episode would mention that there was a deleted scene where it shows them yeah. making the food or packaging the food. Yeah. And, and if that scene's on YouTube, you can see it on that last week's episode page, which is not up yet. So I don't know <laughs> what it looks like. Um, uh, maybe we can even talk about the, the black light. This is kind of deeper in the episode. Uh, Locke gets trapped under that, that, that door, uh, fractures his leg, uh, sends Henry to go and uh, enter in the numbers. And uh, for a brief moment, it, there's a black light and everything kind of turns out, and then we get this map. We know that's Rosinski's map, something that he was working on before he killed himself previously, and then Kelvin started finishing the map. We kind of see him working on it, some of those scenes yeah. where he's with Desmond. I don't know if Desmond did anything to add to the map or not. Um, it was I would guess not, because I don't think Desmond knows about any of the other hatches or any of the other stuff on the island. Yeah. Because he didn't know it, that he could even walk around on the island. That's right. Until the day of the crash. What was he making of, like, Kelvin? Because Kelvin had his paintbrush, and yeah. it just looked like he was just doing nonsense painting or whatever, because right. there was nothing, but it was just something that could only be seen and or it has like a iridescent glow yeah. when the, when the so black light shows. Well, I mean, we know black lights. When you shine them on stuff, it'll light up like that and stuff that's kind of invisible to the naked eye, so probably like dried semen <laughs> or bleach. Drool. <laughs> Drool, lemon yeah. juice. Yeah. Yeah, that that's what all Blood. the stains on yeah. uh, my bedding is. True. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. My pillows, like when you take the case off, like they've got brown spots all over because I drool so bad through it. <laughs> yeah. It's weird. Why yeah. why does it end up being brown? <laughs> I don't know. Drool's not brown. Yeah. And I just brushed my teeth, so it's not like there's stuff in, in my drool. <laughs> yeah. I don't get it. Dried blood is brown, so maybe there's I'm bleeding in my drool. <laughs> maybe like you're biting your tongue or something. Oh, it could be. Or biting the inside of your cheek. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh man. I, I do grind my teeth and I have bitten really hard into my tongue before. Ooh. Damn. During in your sleep? Yeah. Like, that's why I have to sleep with a mouth card, because mm-hmm. I grind my teeth, and then uh, sometimes my tongue ends up between my teeth, yeah. Damn. and then I'll just bite it until it's uh, super bloody. Right. Holy crap. Yeah, so uh, if I'm sleeping, don't stick anything in my mouth. <laughs> I'll bite it. <laughs> Talking to you, Bill Cosby. Topical. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, we also get, like, some other stuff... Uh, well, it, that's a little divorced from the the John Locke stuff. Is this this island um, poker game? Poker? 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 A hold'em game that happens <laughs> on the beach. And this is this is another instance of the con man getting con by Jack. Yeah, he's like, con more than he cons people. <laughs> seriously, so he should be called the con man, but like not for the reason that he cons people. He's not the con man. He's the conned man. He's the conned man. <laughs> Jesus Christ! And this is like this is this is conning one hundred and one, where you try to make the guy think it's his idea. Yeah. So he he kind of just it's like Jack meanders over and doesn't say, "Yeah, I'll play you for some medicine." No, he has to like slow play him, and he does it. Yeah. And like he just you know he he pretty much goes like, "Oh yeah, um, you know." I, I guess uh, he just goes, "Well, I guess the hatch can wait for a bit," and like that's that whole thing where like he he kind of talks to Hurley about his cars and everything, and then. Um, uh, and it's enough to go Sawyer and into into to playing with him. And you know, at that point, he's already lost before the game's even started because Jack is really good. And yeah. apparently, so so what you're saying trained. is that uh, Sawyer is incorrect, and Jack was in fact in his head. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he totally was. Well, from the from what we from see the jump, the yeah. yeah, like straight up, um, yeah, like uh, Jack's got him beat, and apparently. He learns uh, how to play poker in Phuket. We don't see him playing poker at all in, in that in that Phuket episode where he gets the tattoo. Yeah. He flies a kite. Yeah. Drinks Coke. Uh, yeah. Throws women around rooms. Yeah. Gets gets beat up a little bit yeah. by some on-island folk. But I guess maybe that's just the last week of his trip. <laughs> he started off going to a poker school. <laughs> he was like, everybody knows that the best poker training comes in Phuket, Thailand. Yeah. That's why all the best... Uh, World Championship poker guys are Thai. <laughs> that is a thing, right? <laughs> There's a bunch of Asian ones. That, are they Thai? A lot know. of Vietnamese. Aren't they all? Pros. Yeah, I feel like they're all Vietnamese. Yeah, well, Vietnamese yeah. people love gambling. I know that. <laughs> yeah. And if uh, you are a Vietnamese person who does not agree with David, uh, you know, let's bet on it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like I guess I could play a hand or two. 
as uh, as Dave like pulls up to the to the table. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. That that would be a fun episode. Yeah. Like yeah. a bonus one, <laughs> us just playing poker. Yeah, that would be fun. <laughs> It'll be riveting to listen to. <laughs> You're gonna hear a lot of shuffling. Yeah. You're gonna hear a lot of cards getting placed face down so and then to, face up. Yeah, we'd have to cut out most of it, mm-hmm. but just the parts where we talk about. We have to say what cards are up and then how we're feeling. <laughs> I don't know. It can be done in podcast form. That that'd be an interesting project to try. Yeah. <laughs> the poker cast. <laughs> the numbers do make an appearance in that first hand with Hurley and Kate. I, uh, not all of the numbers. I think the last couple. I think there's like a four and an eight. That's that's on oh, the that's on the, the, the drop. Um, the numbers come back a lot. I think they're they're even on that safe deposit box too. It's like I think the numbers was fifteen, sixteen. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I guess that was for our, our Easter egg corner, but. Um, but yeah, you that, guys ever had a safe deposit box? I have never had a safe deposit box. I have box. not. I don't have anything to put in it. <laughs> I would I would love to see, like, a, this is very off, whatever, but like, I would like to see a guy walk into a bank wearing the finest suit and then, like, just walk into a safe deposit room, get left, and, like, open it up, and it's just a single feather. I don't know why <laughs> that, I don't know why that, but that's what comes to my mind. Yeah. Some Forrest Gump shit. Yeah, if, if you did have a safe deposit box... Is that what you would put in there? Not a feather, <laughs> but oh my god, it, it, I have no idea. I don't know. I don't know if I have anything that's of that value in my life right yet. That well, you could like, you could always put something in there for when someone gets the key to your safe yeah. deposit box, and then they're like, "Oh, it's a mystery. Yeah. What what's the significance of this?" I would want to do something so silly with that idea. I would probably like load the money. I would probably load it up with like a few stacks of cash and then guns and then have no explanation for it. <laughs> Not that I'm using any of that material, but just to give it to someone like, what the fuck was this guy into? <laughs> His obituary did yeah. not state this. He just said that he liked steak. Had nothing well to do with all steak. this. <laughs> I have a coffee mug that a friend of mine got from work some dude that he worked with left it and it's just a picture of his kids on the beach so this guy that worked with my friend left it there and no one was going to send it to him so eventually he brought it home when we were living together and then he moved and just left it so now I have it of this this coffee mug with the picture of these two white kids on a beach that I don't know who they are or who their parents are and that's what I would put in my safe deposit box <laughs> that to be is found amazing. after my death it's just would, so... <laughs> would it just be the mug or would you have like Anything else with it, like a uh, fine me or something? <laughs> I was just thinking the mug, and it would be like a rosebud kind of thing. That would be interesting. And try to make my last words be coffee mug. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, that's fantastic. Well, like, um, I would yeah. want to put like some kind of riddle in there. <laughs> oh, man. That would be the the best. You yeah. just troll people with your death. Like a made-up riddle. You don't even know what the answer is. You're just saying <laughs> mm-hmm. things. Oh, man. Where it's like there, there's no way to actually solve yeah. it. But have people try and get all fucking Batman <laughs> on it. <laughs> oh, that like would a like... a map that yeah, you just drew freehand. Yeah. It squiggles and an X. It's just gonna be. It's just gonna be the story of you ending up on somebody's true crime podcast. Yeah. Like, Chad Woggle had disappeared and left a safety deposit box with just these items in here. Nobody knows. <laughs> Do your thing, internet. Let's find out. It's like the 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 Voynich manuscript or whatever it's called. <laughs> Ooh, I just thought of a couple of things yeah. that I could put in there, other than the riddle. Uh, there is a. Uh, Do you remember neoprints? Those uh, little sticker sheet photos. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I had one that uh, I don't know who it is. <laughs> like it, it, it's just a photo of a girl that I found on the counter when I used to work at a coffee shop in Waikiki. <laughs> and there's also a key that I don't know what it goes oh, to. Oh, those are good. Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> oh, it's amazing. So many things to put in that. Like, what is in some of these people's safety deposit box? Because yeah, I don't know. I know my grandma used to keep uh, everyone's birth certificates and oh, stuff in there. that's a good idea. Yeah, that's smart. Yeah, that's really smart. I, on the other hand, keep it in an envelope inside a coffee mug on a shelf. <laughs> <laughs> like, nobody's going nobody's gonna to take yeah. this. It's like, if someone's inside my house, I'm already pretty fucked. <laughs> <laughs> like, somebody just goes, what is that mug there? Yeah. 
One of these days I do need to get like one of those fireproof safes just in case my, my house burns down and I can still have my, my paperwork. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So yeah, tip for you listeners, do that. Protect your important documents. <laughs> get a fireproof safe, yeah. everybody. Would you uh, make the combination something with Lost? Yeah, it would probably be 4, 8, 15, 16, 23, 42. Nice. I feel, I feel like hard. you probably get less numbers than that. Yeah. <laughs> the first two are one-digit numbers. You can combine them. Mm-hmm. But then, yeah. I don't know. It would be a long combination. Well, I don't know. This is this might be Easter egg corner stuff, but when uh, when Locke goes to meet his father at that, that, that hotel to give him his money, there is, um, there's an oceanic airplane that flies overhead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Two of them, I think. Yeah. Like, it comes out. It looks seconds. like it's the same one. Yeah. Yeah, I I couldn't make sense of that. Why they would need? I guess it was just for Easter egg purposes yeah. only. Like, yeah, and to show it's it's at one of those hotels by the airport. Yeah, yeah if, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong. I could swear that that uh, some of the interior they're using was a uh, was a hotel that's right by the airport, called the Pacific Marina Inn. I think that uh, the outside might have been that when they first show mm-hmm. up. But I swear later it's uh, that one building uh, r- right by the corner of uh, Alawai and uh, Kapahulu. I think I know what you're talking about, yeah. It's like right by the gas station. And I know that they also used it as a motel in, what's last season? Season 6? Yeah. Yeah, they used it as a motel in Season 6, too. Is this the, the Sawyer as a cop motel? No, no, I don't think it's the werewolf motel. <laughs> I, I think it's the... Uh, I think it's a Charlie's High as Shit Motel. And I think it might be the one where Saeed kills a guy by throwing him onto a dishwasher full of oh, knives. Oh, yeah. Mm. I think it might be that one. They might have used that building a bunch. Yeah. Oh, uh, speaking of the safety deposit box, going back to a topic yeah. from four minutes ago, <laughs> is that something you have to pay for, like, monthly? I assume so. It's got to be something like that. Okay. Because I, I always, like, whenever I see stuff like that, I always think to myself, like, why didn't you put, like, your money back in the box so that, uh, you know, just in case something happens, you're not carrying around $200,000 oh, in cash. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that would have made sense. Yeah. Or, or you could have started a bank account. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wonder, like, if you, if you start a bank account, <clears throat> if you start a bank account, um, how, like... The feds have got to be all over there, right? Like, they're, yeah. they're looking for, like, these huge swaths of yeah. sums. Yeah, there's that a just... limit before you have to fill out paperwork about uh, where you get the money from and stuff. I always, You know what I always find odd is I always see these safety deposit box scenes in movies and TV. And um, the, the person, you know, the, the bank uh, employee leads you into the room and then, like, they leave. And I guess that's the bank policy. I, I find that so odd because that's the purpose of the safety deposit box. You can put whatever, but... What are we putting, like, contraband in there and, you know, all this other stuff? Like, how does the bank guard themselves against the legality of stuff like that? This, this is... Well, I think it's because you they don't have anyone in the room while you're putting stuff in and out, so uh-huh. they have that deniability. I see. But yeah. But, I mean, from what I've seen in movies, I feel like 50% of safe deposit boxes have, have other drugs or child pornography or <laughs> stolen Nazi jewelry. <laughs> Nazi paraphernalia. Yeah. Guns. Yeah. yeah. Guns. Guns and passports yeah guns multiple passports stacks of physical cash from Euros. different countries yeah. <laughs> yeah. so essentially we got like ben stash room in all these safety boxes ben had his own safety deposit box behind a wall in, in one oh, of those yeah. camp Erdman things right those camp Erdman houses i think it was a hole where he could talk to the smoke monster was yeah. his safe deposit box yeah Speaking of the smoke monster, he doesn't make an appearance in this episode, but on that map that we get, that mm. map that that, that that Locke gets a chance to look at, this thing now is put together by Radzinski and, and Kelvin. There's, there's, um, they have the, the, the Dharma stations, and they're all surrounding one, which is the question mark we later find out to be the pearl, but there's also some annotations on that that has like a bunch of crazy stuff, but there's something that says CV on it. Um, CV, I think it... Like later on in the series, they they come to discover that CV means Cerberus, uh, Cerberus vent, and Cerberus is normally what they're using to reference the smoke monster, but he's being, I guess, but I, I don't know if it ever comes back, um, but yeah, I, I do remember for a time the show was labeling the smoke monster Cerberus. I, 
I don't know. Has that come up? I don't know if I'm if I'm getting ahead of us. I think so. I have no recollection of this. Of none of the Cerberus stuff. Yeah. What was the name of uh, the company that um, uh, Eyeshadow? What's his name? Oh, um, no, uh, Albert. Richard. Yeah. Yeah. What was the name of the company oh, that Richard yeah. said that uh, he, he was running? Yeah, some kind of Latin name. I can't remember what it was. Oh, okay. Was it like something... Pharma- it wasn't a pharmaceutical company. It was something else, right? Yeah, but like when he said Cerberus, it made me think of that. Oh, okay. And yeah, maybe that. Maybe. I can't remember. Mytilos Bioscience. Oh. Yeah, that's one of those Greek-sounding names. Yeah. Yeah, that doesn't sound anything like Cerberus. No. This this. Do you think each of the three heads of Cerberus had a separate name? That's maybe maybe, it, maybe they were like uh, the Budweiser frogs. Oh yeah. And then like one head was Sir, and the other <laughs> one was Burr, and the other one was us. Uh, Budweiser or the Anheuser Busch company needs to jump on that, like a revival, but instead yeah. of the frogs, bring back a, a uh, you know, the the dog that guards the uh, entrance to hell. I I saw a tweet the other day. Where it was just like, what what the fuck were we all doing in the nineties that we thought was uh, was the height of humor? That was all like that was like just as the world was getting yeah. online. And like, oh, I, I I could see a dancing three dimensional baby that's made out of CG, <laughs> or I could like listen to this was up commercial. Oh, the Budweiser commercials. Yeah, uh, I want to say that was a Budweiser I commercial. Say it was. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. There was also like. I think those got hot. They they took off and like they became this popular ad campaign and they 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 ran with it even more. There was like the wasabi commercials that came on <laughs> afterwards. That, that's a good marketing campaign yeah. if I gotta remember it from like fucking fifteen years ago. Yeah. <laughs> I think it would still work today. I don't know if it was just a nineties thing. Yeah. I wonder. That would be weird if they just like revived it. Just threw it out yeah. there. Yeah. I guess it's weird today because no one talks on the phone. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it would just be a, a bunch of texts that yeah. have a lot of W's and a lot of A's and a lot of S's. Yeah, and a bunch of emojis with their tongues out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, I remember that was even, like, it was even uh, parodied in, like, some of those uh, those Wayne's Brothers movies back yeah. in the... Mm-hmm. Uh, scary movie. Yeah, that's right. I was trying to place it. Uh, but, yeah, like, uh, it kind of, yeah, felt it poured its way into, like, the zeitgeist of the time for, like, a hot second. Yeah. And then we were just like, yeah, and then we just woke up and we're like, wait, what, what are we doing all that time ago? Why did anyone think this was funny? <laughs> uh, like the frogs, I get, I get the frogs. I even bought their, their album. Yeah. They had an album? Yeah, they had an album. It was like uh, just a bunch of classic rock and skits with the frogs. Huh. Was, was the classic rock just like the regular recordings or was it by the frogs? no it wasn't by the frogs oh. <laughs> it was just it was just like uh uh they would have like a frog skit and then they would have like leonard skinner <laughs> and then they would have a frog skit and then it was uh uh what's your name uh the guys that do uh, american band or yeah. whatever right i feel like around that time what was also kind of hot was um i think this is also budweiser right it was the uh real american heroes or and then it became real men of genius after nine eleven because like uh, the it was like the real American heroes or it was like just the announcer saying this is off to you you know yeah suntan guy or whatever but yeah like I remember like, I remember when I was in high school that thing was just like real American heroes and then like um and I used to love those and then like after nine eleven they're just like real men of genius and I was like oh, yeah because uh, they couldn't uh, impinge on the actual real American heroes right. the firefighters of nine eleven <laughs> holy shit yeah that was that was a quick pivot and like that guy was I think he got wicked rich whoever started that marketing campaign yeah. like that thing was huge oh man real men of genius and like and then it petered out like yeah. after a few years but like people still were into it like they're like oh, I can yeah. get behind this. They were funny. Like, mm-hmm. I, I can't think of a more recent Budweiser ad. Yeah. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. Um, like radio ad you're talking about or, or just anything. ads in general? Because uh, I always think of uh, the horses and the dogs. Which one is this? Oh, yeah. That's Where they have the Clydesdales yeah. and then uh, they have like uh, the puppies yeah. or whatever. 
Oh shit! I haven't seen this. This. Yeah, that, that's. Been I, there. I feel like you've watched Super Bowls before. <laughs> okay, so I, I, it's got to be there. I just it wasn't memorable to me. <laughs> yeah. Also, too, maybe. Like, also, you're a cat person. Yeah, I'm yeah. a cat person. I also, I don't know. Horse, this is horse girl. <laughs> you are neither a horse girl nor an old cat lady. <laughs> <laughs> there is a. It felt like um, and at that time, like it, I think we had more like, our attention span as a as a society was a little bit more willing to like give it up to these ads and i don't know i I could be i could be a little off of that but it just felt like now we just like yeah like ads are just in the way of things before we used to be something we tolerated and like well we can't get past these now it's just like everything is like is this not commercial free then i I get mad now when commercials come on and i'm watching something like how could you break what i'm watching (laughs) my immersion is gone now i want to just buy fucking budweiser or bud light lime or whatever the fuck yeah, like, it feels like nowadays the Super Bowl is the only time where people are okay with commercials. Yeah. yeah. And Super Bowl commercials nowadays, not as good as they used to yeah. be either. Yeah. It just feels like we as a people are just trying to hold on to that last vestige of like, remember when commercials were cool? Like, everybody's like, no, I don't care for commercials. I'll pay you the extra $3 <laughs> a month if you get rid of all these commercials. I want to know how much I have to pay Facebook for them to stop interrupting videos with fucking ads. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, uh, my wife, she likes listening to those ASMR videos at night. So mm-hmm. she'll, she'll throw them on, but she listens to them on YouTube. And then there's there's constantly ads. So, <laughs> like, during, like, a 40-minute video, like, I'll be, in, I'll be in bed reading or something like that. And then there'll be this weird ASMR sound thing going on. And then, like, mid-video, it would just cut to, like, a Toyota Camry commercial <laughs> and then cut back to the ASMR. And I'm like, what the fuck? This is, it throws me off a this lot. This is no longer relaxing. Yeah. <laughs> I was listening to a man rub a carpet. Yeah. The thing about that is, like, my wife is so into that. Like, she, it, it vibes on her wavelength where, like, um, like, you know, in order to go to bed, she'll just throw on one of those and that constant sound or whatever puts her to sleep. And it infuriates me. <laughs> it infuriates me because I, I like there's. I think the ones that she's into is uh, usually like you know people, you know, whispering into uh, right. into the into these specific um, high quality microphones that mm. pick up everything, and they're just whispering, and uh, it's just they're touching stuff and making sounds. <laughs> Sometimes they're chewing and eating, Ugh. and like. That my, doesn't sound good to listen to at all. I hate it. I hate it. And I told my wife, I said, this, I, I said, I'm, I'm happy that you like it. And I'm glad that you're into this, but yeah. this is just not my jam. And she's like, oh, that sounds very arrogant of you. I was like, that's not a criticism. Like, I, I just gave you an opinion. That's not an arrogant thing. I just don't care for listening to I didn't to say this is it. stupid, <laughs> which it is. It's, I... I don't know, man. On the divide of ASMR, I'm just, I'm not down. I wish I was, but I just, I'm not. It, it, it drives me nuts. Like, just to hear people talking, whispering, and chewing, I'm like, ugh. So, I guess what we have to do for AJ yeah. this Christmas is mm. we need to get him those sleep headphones. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be so down. Oh, my God. If, if whenever I'm just like, uh, I need to sleep... I can understand the impetus behind ASMR because one of the things I used to do all the time was I would put on uh, single-person commentary tracks where it's just like, oh, it's just the director by themselves without anyone (laughs) else to talk to. And then it's just like, I'll just let their voice bore me to sleep (laughs) because commentary is better when there's multiple people. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Even podcasts, too. Like, I'll listen to... I used to listen to Sleep With Me podcast, which is a guy just like telling weird bedtime stories and rambling and stuff. And it's made specifically for you to fall asleep to, so you don't feel bad if you miss all the show. But my wife doesn't like his the sound of that guy's voice. What is it? I mean, what's the general sound? Is it's it... like a weird, like gravelly, like uh, when you and it's time to go to sleep and it's like. <laughs> I don't want to talk anymore kind of thing. It's like a weird. Interesting. It's weird, but it works for me, but she doesn't like it. I see. I see. Maybe maybe it's because you're in the military. Maybe. Oh, how, how does that scan? Yeah. I don't know if I'm catching it. Like, he might have been used to just guys that sound like that. Oh, okay. oh. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas, I, I can imagine being a young woman, hearing some strange, gravelly-voiced man in the bedroom. Not necessarily relaxing. Yeah. Oh, that's great. So I've switched to listening to Lore, the Aaron Mankey 
one where he talks about like murders and stuff but it, it's just him by himself like reading a script so like it gets boring just listening to him even though the stories are interesting but he's the, like the tone of his voice right and his cadence it just puts me to sleep that is awesome yeah i, I could i could hear that i mean i can i could i could see it and like um yeah i mean I see it. I can see how it works for folks. <laughs> yeah. just, oh my God, if it doesn't just make me want to gouge out my own ear. But uh, I was going to say earbuds. Yeah. Ear, ear holes. No, ear? Leave, leave the earbuds in so you don't have to listen to the chewing. <laughs> the earbuds are the solution. Yeah. That's the thing that's saving me. It's giving me a nice, peaceful sleep. I, I'm such chewing, a... Chewing, Jesus. I don't know, man. I'm such a... Like, it's, it, for me, and this is like a, a thing that comes up in my marriage a lot, is like when I... If I'm in like in a horizontal position, it is over. Yeah. I'm out. Like, you just give me a few minutes and I'm just dead to the world. Like, uh, my wife just goes, like, you can just fall asleep anywhere or like at any time. Like, yeah, I guess. Yeah. But... Like yeah, just I, if I'm in a if I'm in a laying down position, it's not like it's it's not like I'm just chilling. I'm I'm going to sleep. Yeah, no, I'm the same way. Cause it's a thing that you can train your body to do. Or if like, if you lay down, it's time to go to sleep. And yeah. then anytime you lay down, your body just goes to sleep, basically. Yeah. yeah. If if you lay down without going to sleep too much, yeah. Then you're training your body not to go to sleep when it's time to go to sleep. Yeah. So. Uh, if if you just make sure that you're never horizontal, <laughs> except when it's time for bed, yeah. then it's way easier. Yeah, I used to like I like I used to fall asleep uh, during church a lot, and um, I used to always get like a stiff elbow from my wife to the side. Like <laughs> this is like forever ago, but um, it's just it's just somebody on a podium, you know, talking or just you know doing a doing a, a Bible symposium or something like that, and uh, you know. I, I don't know about everybody else, but the idea of listening to Leviticus or somebody just rambling off of a family lineage does not make me fucking <laughs> excited for the Bible. It doesn't. Yeah. It, it just puts me out. But I remember specifically that there are just there are people that just would not fall asleep to that stuff. My wife, being one of them, she can she she'll stay up like during the whole church session right. and listen to like the same droning voice and never fall asleep. And I'd like just knock out. But in our private home, she wants to listen to somebody talking and chewing and whispering, and I'm like, "What? What is? What is this? What is happening?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah maybe if you need to help her fall asleep, sometimes you can just chew on a pop tart. Right there. <laughs> I just go like, "I have a very specific microphone <laughs> that just just illuminates this room." Yeah. Just like lean over while she's lying down, and then just start eating. Yeah, it's just me like like ripping into like a Wendy's cheeseburger, just crumpling the paper softly. Baconator. Mm. Uh, that's another thing. Uh, this this is officially became like what my wife does podcast. <laughs> my wife also does this thing where um she'll watch a lot of these mukbang videos, and they're they're great. Wow. Like, have you guys heard of this? I, I've heard the term before, but maybe our listeners have not. You okay. should explain it. So the general I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> I thought you said muff bang, which muff sounds bang. like porn, like bang buzz kind of thing. There's got to be a parody for this. Yeah. But mukbang is essentially this thing where all it is is it's a it's a YouTube video or like these YouTubers who have a crazy amount of following, where they sit and um, they'll just eat and like they'll just oh, okay. they'll just pile like they'll they'll have like a big bowl of ramen or something right. like that they're almost they always asian women sometimes oh, i've okay. noticed but then like sometimes it's like a it's like a family of people that are Ooh, that are yeah. eating um and, and my wife is like really into the into the eating and the chewing and uh and it's just it's, and they just call it mukbang I, I don't know exactly the definition but it's just um it's essentially all it is is just people eating or sometimes people eating a lot and there are several different kinds. There's there's uh there's there's like families eating. There's like just people just like pounding through like food or like some kind of, um you know some kind of like well cooked prepared dinner or steak or ramen or something like huh. that. And um, but yeah, it's just it's just people eating. My well, my I, wife just likes the sound of chewing. I yeah, guess. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. It's weird. It's very weird, but yeah, know. I I went and watched a video one time with my wife because we were like, we well, you know we're gonna make our own pho. I don't know how to do it. My mom does, but I, I never had to do it myself. Like, I know you got to boil bones and stuff. So, like, I, I looked up a video on it, and we were watching it on YouTube. And the guy, like, he goes through it and like all the spices you got to do and how you boil it and add water and everything, and cook it. And that took like ten minutes. And then there was fifteen minutes of him just eating 
the fuck out of a bowl. Wow. Wow. That is, yeah, that is. And then we looked at the, his, cha- his channel, and like every other video was just a video of him eating. Dang. Wow. Yeah. I um I oh I watched the video with my wife. It was a it was a Korean um, family, and it was a Korean mother who was making um, this bibimbap paste, and it's this paste that they have to prepare, and they use all these different herbs and ingredients, chili paste, powder, all kinds of stuff, um, and they set it in a vase, like in a pot. And they set that pot out on the like on the side of the house, and it ferments for three months. Mm. And after the three month mark, then they 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 uncover this thing, and then they use it as like their base sauce for this uh, for that bibimbap stuff. And it's it's awesome. It looks delicious. I just don't want to hear anybody eating it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So apparently, the entomology of uh, the term mukbang is uh, it's a portmanteau of the Korean words for eating and broadcast. Mm. Eating is like David, do you know how to pronounce Korean stuff good? No, but I can try, I guess. Um, say myeokgnyeon, myeokgnyeon, and bangsong, or bangsong. I don't know. Because I, I read it, <laughs> and I'm like, myeokgnyeon, bangsong. I see. And, and this... I've never felt whiter in my life. <laughs> this is, and that, that, that's short for eating and broadcasting. Okay, yeah, that makes yeah. absolute sense. Yeah, some of these YouTubers out there, they have a like they have like over a million followers. A lot of these v- videos have like over a million views, and it's just them in eating, and that's all it is. Yeah. So you know, what, listeners, if you want a, us to do a, a mukbang video where it's just the three of us eating a bowl of soup, um, tweet at us. <laughs> we are not going to allow you to choose what we get to eat, unless. Uh, you are our fabled Saudi prince. Yeah. 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 And you would rather watch that video than a video of us masturbating to completion. Yeah. Yeah, then, then you can choose yeah. whatever we want to <laughs> Yeah, use. that's fine. We'll do that for $800 million. <laughs> he just goes like, I, there's so many mukbang videos out there, but I want you three. <laughs> and I want you guys to eat, I don't know, <laughs> each other. Ah. ah. That's the twist. That's the uh, that's the uh, M Night Shyamalan yeah. twist at the end of that one. And whichever one of you is still alive at the end gets the eight hundred million dollars. <laughs> how much? How much would someone have to pay you to eat your own leg? Eight hundred thousand dollars or eight hundred million dollars seems like a good start. Eight hundred yeah. million dollars. I mean, yeah, eight hundred million dollars would be the starting point. Because then I could just buy a, yeah, like a, a robot leg. Yeah, I'll just put on a. I, I don't want to say that's where I would start the negotiations at. <laughs> start at a billion? Yeah. Oh, nice. A billion dollars. I would start higher and then work down. I see. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I would, yeah, start at a billion and then come down to the eight. <laughs> yeah. I feel like my floor would probably be about mm, maybe 50 million. So somebody somebody offers you just 50 million straight cash. And then you're just like, all right, I'll, I'll eat my leg. I, I would want to negotiate for yeah. <laughs> See if I can get more than that. Yeah. That would be incredible. Holy shit. Yeah, I think it has to be a number where it's like, you're definitely going to be good for the rest of your life. Yeah. And still even feel, not feel like you got exploited. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like it's too much just to be like, because I think, you know, I could live off of like $5 million for the rest of my life, but yeah. I wouldn't feel good about doing that and eating my own leg. Yeah. yeah. I think I would probably do maybe... 50 to 100 is probably my, the bottom I would go. Do you have to eat your whole leg? Like, are they... Just the meat, not like the bones and tendons. Yeah. I don't know. Works. Like the foot. That would suck. <laughs> if you eat your own foot. Like I've been walking around on this also, thing for over 30 years. Like, how am I eating it is the other thing. It's like, uh, is it going to be like a surgeon cutting off my leg and then having it prepared by a chef? Or is it just like... Me and a hacksaw and a fucking lighter. Holy shit. Yeah, because that would be way worse. Yeah, because yeah. there's a good chance I'll die. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, they'd have to do it totally above board. Yeah, they, if it's a Saudi sheik that's in charge of it, like, I'll do it, but you got to pull out all the stops, son. Yeah. Like, get me the surgeon, <laughs> get me the Michelin star chef or whatever. Yeah. I want to, <laughs> like, I don't know why. It, the finest cannibal chef. <laughs> There's just a chef back there. He just looks like he's from like uh, um, some post-apocalyptic world. He's like, <laughs> I cook the best leg. Yeah. 
He looks like Lord Humongous from the <laughs> uh, Wow, what does the time go? <laughs> it's time to start wrapping up already. <laughs> Hold on, let me let me look at my notes to yeah. see if I wanted to mention something else. Uh, oh, the balloon. Oh yeah. Yeah, there there's a hot air balloon with what what the a fuck? Smiley face. A smiley face? Yeah. What the shit? <laughs> It's good that you can still be surprised on the show. Yeah, yeah. I, I I like looked at that and I'm like, wait, wait, what? Was was he sailing around the island, on a, in a hot air balloon with a smiley face? Is he is he trying to claim that that's how he crashed? He, what? Yeah. <laughs> I think in the in the next episode of the I think the next episode they talk a little bit about that. Yeah, you know, I, mention. I feel like it has to be in the next couple of episodes. Yeah, yeah they... I mean the next as in our the last one we watched. Yeah, Saeed yeah. finds the find finds a, an ID in a picture ID for Henry Gale, and it's a it's a it's a black gentleman, and mm-hmm. um, that's the guy that they find in, uh, in that in that grave yeah. or whatever. But a black guy from Minnesota, yeah, in a hot air balloon, yeah, which is good for him. But I don't know how he got there. Yeah, yeah, that's that's another thing that's never explained. We don't even know who buried this guy. Um, it, well, I thought Ben buried him after he killed him. Yeah, I would assume so. But it's, I don't know, it's, it's never expressed. Others-related death. Yeah, it's got to be an others-related death. Like, um, like he, yeah, he crashed on the, or he fell on the island and then got killed. Yeah, because I think the others kill people all the time when they come on the island. Yeah. We've seen them shooting flaming arrows and stuff at people. That's right, yeah. I'm just, like, how did the hot air balloon get there? Yeah. <laughs> the same way that Echo's brother's plane got there and the, the yeah, but... rock and stuff. Hot air balloons don't go over the ocean, do they? Except in uh, Around the World in 80 Days. Yeah, maybe he was doing that. <laughs> Electromagnetism. <Yeah. laughs> that's that's the answer for most of the the, the arrivals and departures on the yeah. show. Jacob did it. <laughs> Jacob's all like, let's get that gust of wind blowing that guy yeah. from Minnesota over here. Imagine that. You just, you're living your life in Minnesota, flying your hot air balloon, and then you're on an island <laughs> getting murdered by a bunch of others. And uh, just to start Easter Egg Corner real quick, right now, um, Henry Gale, that I think that's uh, Dorothy Gale's uncle in The Wizard of Oz. Oh. I think, it, at least the last name was right. Okay. Yeah. Which I think is hot air balloon related, I think. Yeah, because yeah. isn't the wizard flying in a hot air balloon? Oh, yeah, that's what it is. They leave, in, a, they leave in a hot air balloon at yeah. the end. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Since we are in, in, in Easter Egg Corner, there are some... Uh, some references that we get out of Sawyer this episode. One of them is he calls Hurley Mongo, which is after yeah. the character from uh, Blazing Saddles, <laughs> uh, which is that strong, dumb character from that 1974 movie. Also calls Jack Coolhand Luke, and then um, also calls him, I think, uh, Amarillo Slim, which is like yeah. a well-known gambler or something like that. So Judy Chamnus is in this episode. We get to see her back, like at least once. <laughs> I don't know if we get to see her face at all. That's got to be, like, a satisfying, like, paycheck to pick up. Like, yeah, I did some background work. Yeah. I actually showed my back, and I was in there for, like, a hot second. Getting those residuals. Yeah. My 60-cent check is in the mail. <laughs> and uh, Locke's dad is buried? Fake buried at New Anu Cemetery? Also, were those, was that priest and stuff? Like, they in on the scam? Right? Because there was just like, an empty casket there? Like, how does that work? Yeah, that's got to be, like, an Anthony Cooper con where he's just all like he paid some dude to read a couple of scriptures and he's all like hey you just go read some things over there and that was like a real casket it wasn't just like a plain pine box like that was that cost some money Mm -hmm. yeah was there nothing in that box i guess so or just some other dead guy oh jeez um the woman that Locke he's inspecting her house gives it a gives it a the okay that woman is nadia Locke's or not Locke, saeed's the of interest, sort of. Uh, Locke and his dad meet up at Murphy's bar down in Chinatown. And uh, Sawyer tries to find, tr- guesses, Sawyer guesses, that Jack's tattoo was from Phuket, Thailand, which is what that whole episode was based around, was this one line of Sawyer saying Interesting. That. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man, that was... That that was a that very was strange. quite an episode. Yeah. That was quite an episode. <laughs> Such a strange misfire. Yeah, yeah that's just Easter egg corner. Nice. All right. Yeah. So, uh, what have you guys been getting lost Ooh. in? Ooh. Yeah, I've, I've 
kind of been getting lost in like yesterday, last night, uh, for a little bit. This there's a conspiracy theory out there called like uh, birds aren't real or something like that. Birds uh, aren't real. Yeah, and it's it's like one of those fun t- tongue in cheek kind of um, conspiracy theories that like after nine eleven the government killed all the birds in the world <laughs> and replaced them with surveillance drones that look like birds. So that it's, is yeah, incredible. It's like a joke thing. But um, I saw it and I was like, I want to like get on board with this and like enjoy this. But I want to make sure it's not some like weird, like alt right conspiracy theory <laughs> thing, like every conspiracy theory is now. Yeah, right. so it's like the government uh, yeah. all decided to kill all the birds in the world and replace them with surveillance drones to get the Jews. Yeah, <laughs> it's always gonna be one of those. <laughs> it's like, wait, 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 wait. Oh, I thought this was a regular conspiracy. This is super I thought awkward. this was fun. You guys made it racist. <laughs> We just have b- robot birds flying around. Why do they have to be anti-Semitic yeah. birds? Yeah. <laughs> Why can't these drones be neutral? <laughs> yeah, so listeners, if you know anything about this, uh, tweet at me to let me know if it's okay to get into this or not. I see. Um, one thing that I've been getting lost in, things have been kind of regular, but um, I did get a chance to go to um, uh, Foster's Botanical Garden, which is here in Honolulu. It's a great garden it's got so many different plants um and plant species from all over the world that they house in this garden so i got a chance to go and check it out uh, over the weekend which is a lot of fun to go do there's actually like a it's a butterfly sanctuary on property i hadn't seen it there's an orchid station kind of like our show <laughs> there, there's, also there's has an orchid station well, there's like a greenhouse that's just all mm. orchids and i was just like i, I didn't put the two together yeah. until i said it out of my mouth just now yeah, but. i should call it the orchid station <laughs> yeah. But um yeah so that was that was a lot of fun. There was a lot of um a lot of awesome plant life and some like it's just I don't know man like that uh, when when it comes to like nature it's just some stuff you could just you can just you know get put into awe because there's so many different things that we get a chance to appreciate and enjoy in this world and, and a lot of them is at that garden. But yeah, that's what I've been getting lost in. As some of you may or may not uh, know, uh, I am a huge comic fan and I jumped on the DC Universe subscription service when it first came out. Uh, One of the things that they offered on there was a uh, rotating selection of comic books, uh, which later they decided, oh, we're going to start putting more comics on there because you guys are saying that there's not enough, which was good. Now they're finally starting to add a shit ton of comic books. Uh, they say that once they have all their backlog in there, they're going to start releasing uh, comics one year behind regular schedule. So I'm currently uh, digging into the backlog of uh, things that are available digitally on DC. And one superhero team that I've never actually gotten into, but I've always wanted to, is the Legion of Superheroes, who are a bunch of teenage superheroes living in the uh, 30th century. And uh, what I'm trying to figure out now, and maybe some of our listeners can help me out, uh, I don't actually expect you guys to, but it would (laughs) be nice if you did. Uh, I'm trying to figure out where I should start reading that. Should I read... Uh, the original Legion of Superheroes run once they jump into the modern age or should I read the reboot of uh, Legion of Superheroes uh, after uh, the Crisis on Infinite Earths and I think actually after Zero Hour is when they got the reboot or should I read the rebooted reboot uh, (laughs) where uh, it was uh, Mark Waid and Barry Kitson in the beginning which I started actually reading as it was coming out and then I fell off after about like the first 18 issues or something so uh if you guys would like to tweet at me uh my twitter handle is at chad underscore wago and uh, let me know if i should read og legion reboot legion or three boot legion <laughs> three boot nice yeah, yeah so. that's actually what they're called <laughs> ah i see all right listen to spider-man is on three boot now yeah uh no spider-man's never been rebooted no I mean, I, I'm uh, not talking about the movies. Never oh, you're talking yeah. about the movies? Yeah. Uh, yes, that would be the third reboot. Yeah. Yeah, within like the span of what, like 20 years or something like that? Something like that, yeah. Uh, less than that because the first Spider-Man movie came out in early, uh, in May 2002, I believe. Yeah, Damn. like right after 9-11, right? Because I had to mm-hmm. take that scene that's out. Right, yeah. yeah. And I remember it came out in May because uh, that's why... Uh, 
May is generally when Free Comic Book Day is, because mm. uh, it's done to coincide with uh, large comic book movie releases. Yeah, oh, perfect. Well, that's um, well. Chad just gave out his Twitter handle, so please come and find him on there. You can also find us at What Bro Pod on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Um, so please get at us there. Before we we finish up this episode, we can talk about next week's episode that we're going to be considering, season two, episode sixteen. Because it's time for Chad's as yet untitled uh, what's going to happen in the next episode prediction yeah. portion of the podcast. <laughs> yes. And next week's episode is entitled The Whole Truth. Ooh. How do I spell whole? Is it with a W? With a W. No. Okay. So it's not just the truth about a whole. <laughs> uh, well, I believe that uh, it's actually going to deal with uh, Ben, although... I don't think that he's going to be the focal point of the episode because uh, that would be a reveal. Yeah, that'd be a weird time to do that. I don't think that they're going to... I think that later when they reveal it is the big reveal. Uh, So it's got to be dealing with someone that's talking to... uh, Saeed. It's going to be a Saeed episode. And uh, it's also going to do some flashbacks to do with the interrogation stuff and that's why it's the whole truth nice yeah that works perfectly he's the their their interrogator guy yeah and then if we have nadia in this episode it makes more sense oh yeah cool well we'll check that out next week thank you everybody for listening uh like review subscribe tell people we really appreciate you guys listening though yeah Yeah. well we'll uh we'll see you again uh, next week that's another episode in the can you know what to do